Welcome to People, Places, and How We Use Spaces, where we chat with amazing, successful people whose stories inspire us. As a bonus, all of our guests have something to teach us about commercial real estate based on their own experiences. I am your host, Lisa Christensen. My companies help business owners, developers, and investors buy, sell, and lease space. On today's episode of People and Places and How We Use Spaces, I am joined by my guest, Paul Edland. Paul is the CEO and owner of J. Benson Construction. Paul shares his journey from criminal defense attorney to the owner of a construction company in today's episode. I know that you'll find it very inspiring. Before we get started, I just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. I would really appreciate it if you would follow, subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And now I'd like to give a warm welcome to Paul Edlund. Paul, it is so great to have you. It's terrific to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's it's a beautiful podcast environment that you have here. Yeah, we're very fancy here. Fancy pants for sure. (laughs) We just met for the first time. Congratulations on graduating from the ULI program that you did with Laura Hotbed, our own Laura. Yeah, it was it was great to see you yesterday. And Laura's been wonderful to get to know through the Ready program the last six months. And, and she was kind of the backbone of our group. And so you've got a great one on your team working with you. Oh, that's interesting. I know that you won Best Communities Environment. What was the award that your team won? Best community engagement. engagement. Yeah, right. And Laura is key for engaging the community. She is. I mean, that is that is her to a T. That's her jam. She's built for that. Yeah, she sure is. So tell me before we get into you and your whole story, this this ready program is super impressive. Like, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's something that I I didn't know much about ULI, the Urban Land Institute, until I until last year. And I've come to learn it's this international, huge organization that is doing and involved in kind of all things big and small real estate around the world and and has a strong Minnesota branch here that I was fortunate enough to get involved with in this kind of a subchapter of that, which is this ready organization that supports entrepreneurs of color and women and other maybe, you know, kind of non-traditional folks that are trying to get exposed and engage in real estate. And so for someone like me who doesn't have a lot of real estate background except from being a homeowner, I was a landlord for a brief time, which drove me crazy on a property that I had. But real estate is something that's always you know, fascinated me as a way to grow wealth, to kind of control one's destiny a little bit more. My mom was a real estate agent for about 10 years or so as a oh, second really? career for her before retirement. And so it was couldn't have been more happy with the staff, including Todd Olson, who was kind of the forget what his title was, but he was a big deal. He was the, he did the blood, sweat, and tears to help get us teed up for class every day. And just a wide range and cross-section of, of cohorts in the class, including Laura, like I said, who I got to meet and people that were real estate agents, people that had done developments before, people that were more like me that were just learning and uh, great support from the community, like folks, United Properties and Ackerberg and uh, countless others that were there to help support and teach and just give freely. And I don't get to experience that that often of people that are just willing to give their time, their resources, their energy, or nothing but the wanting to help others. 
And so that was really terrific. Amazing. Well, I was blown away by the presentation and the program and all the people that I met last night. So I'm digging into that program a little bit more for sure. But congratulations on graduation. It was a lot of work too, wasn't it? It was well. And, and you get a lot to offer. So if you sure they would love to have you as a mentor or a judge or whatever, however, you might be able to help with your gifts that you have. Yeah, I'm excited to, to dive into that. Okay. The burning question that I have of the day is how do you go from criminal defense attorney to owning a construction company? Well, I can't wait. Ever since I learned about this potential interview, I couldn't wait to find this, to find out the answer. All right. Well, it's a, it's a non-traditional path for sure. And it's not one that I would recommend for all, but it's, you know, it's kind of my, my journey. So I guess I'll, I'll start. I, I grew up in the Twin Cities, went to Richfield High School, then the University of Minnesota, William Mitchell Law School. And after law school, opened up my own practice right away and grew that from, you know, having no clients to a couple clients. And then like a lot, maybe your business too, you get repeat business from time to time. Yeah. It's a lot of work and starting so, those businesses. And I, so I um, grew that over a dozen years. And I would say the first half of that was fun and exciting and sexy. And as a private criminal defense lawyer, there's the opportunity to make very good money. You know, people that find themselves in trouble are often willing you know, to pay to help try to get themselves out of it. I mean, it's a lot of work too, but I, I really enjoyed the people, the problem solving, the engagement, the in-courtroom experience where you get to build relationships with prosecutors and judges and other defense members. And, and even like many, most of the clients, you know, people that, that get a, accused of crimes or even commit crimes aren't necessarily terrible, horrible, rotten people. They're people that maybe did something bad and need some help. And so I loved it until I hated that work. It went from being fun and sexy and great to talk about at cocktail parties to terrible, horrible, rotten, and awful. Really? I tried about, let's say, at least 75 jury trials in state and federal court, including a handful of murder trials, and can mem remember as a younger attorney, just couldn't wait to get my first murder case, and that's going to be the pinnacle of how exciting that is. Then after having tried several, it just, it's a grind. And it was too much for me and it took a major toll on my emotional well-being and my mental health. I can see that. Ultimately drank my career away, drank away my marriage, uh, drank away a couple houses, nearly drank away my three children. And when I talk about them, I mean, to the point of the way I was showing up in the world, all three of my kids who were pre-teenagers, you know, blocked my cell phone number, didn't want me to come around them just because of I was in a deep, dark place of, of how I showed up. And so February 23rd, 2016, I entered Hazelden for addiction to alcohol and spent two months there inpatient. And when I went there, I, I showed up just wanting bad stuff to stop happening. You know, I didn't really put two and two together. Like I've got something to do with the problem here. And so they helped me look at life differently, help look at myself differently really got some great tools of how to show up better as a human being, I believe there. And so, uh, you know, and my life was in such shambles. I just was willing to do whatever they told me to do. So I, you know, I, I planned to show up and just learn how to kind of drink like a normal person was my goal. Yeah. Came to learn that that's not in the cards for me. And so uh, I ended up staying for two months there and then they wanted me to, to go to aftercare after. So I did that even though I didn't want to and have been very active in recovery ever since. Thankfully, to this point, I've been able to maintain continuous sobriety ever since going there. Wow, and, congratulations. That's you know, huge. Thank you. I, 
it went from, you know, how could I, I can't even imagine my life without alcohol because it was just involved in everything I did socially sure. and who I was as an individual to, you know, now I just look forward uh, to all the people that I know and the relationship I have in recovery. I go to lots of meetings and, you know, work with others. And uh, so it's, it's given me a whole new life that I never knew was out there from a community standpoint, but also it's allowed me some tools just to, to be a different dad, to be a different son, to be a different employer you know i just you know it's it's allowed me a different level of empathy and understanding i think for others that i didn't have before wow, wow. so really i guess powerful. the the upside to if there is one to torpedoing my previous career <laughs> was that it gave me something else to do sure so having uh like i said crashed and burned my life and being a 38 year old man living in my parents basement I just spent some time getting right with myself, rebuilding relationships with now my ex-wife and my kids and others that were aggrieved by my behavior. And through the recovery community, met some some other folks who connected me with the previous owner of Jay Benson Construction and uh, and started just building a relationship with that individual. And um, one day approached him over lunch and just asked what his exit strategy was for for his business. He was in his mid to late 70s at the time, and he didn't have an exit strategy, and I needed something to do. And that's began the genesis of, well, what would it look like if I came and learned, he learned the business, worked here with the goal of taking the business over. So I've been the owner of Jay Benson now for about three years. And what gets me excited about construction is really the opportunity to employ people from underserved communities. And so many of my uh, clients in the criminal defense space were young black males and others who were from underserved communities who oftentimes were underemployed, unemployed, coming from a life situation that really they didn't see much positivity around them. Oftentimes were were hopeless in their life situations. And looking back now, I think that's what really hurt me the most and what I drank over the most was that hopelessness in other people's lives. You know, the bad stuff that people did to one another was bad, but more so that God, they're just they're just doesn't matter what I do here for them because they go even if I get them off of their case, they go back to their previous life situation. Yeah, and so I I didn't understand that at the time, but I come to kind of understand that that now I think that's what was was really driving a lot of my unhappiness. Wow. So my my hope is that I can have that impact and create that difference as an employer, bringing construction careers to those that community, help people understand there's a better path, a different path that they're maybe even unaware of, and to make the communities just better place for, for all of us. And so it's a little bit of a tall order, but it gives me something to do when I get up every day. Wow. That is incredible. That is an incredible story. Super impressive. So tell me about Jay Benson, the, you know, what, are, what are you known for? What, what, how it's a 50 year old company, right? It is. The company was founded in 1971 and for all the entire time before I bought the company, it had been doing single family restoration work. So think fire damage, storm damage, water damage, a tree falls through your house and you call your insurance company. They say, we'll send out a trusted contractor. That's the work that Jay Benson had been doing for much of that for basically all the time until I got involved. Oh, interesting. And so I came in as I was watching the business and learning about it and thinking this is, there's, there's pros and cons to many businesses. That business model involved a lot of touches. So we were touching about 500 pardon me, 600 projects a year. So that's 600 different homeowners who each and every one of their very most personal space that got damaged to no fault of their own. And everything was on fire all the time, sometimes literally on fire. I suppose, yeah. And so, uh, again, the, the one of the positive things with that business was it was, you know, 
was not dependent on the economy. Things were up, down, people, hail still comes, fires still happen, storms still happen. But I, I thought it, it seemed to me as I was watching the business, difficult to really provide great level of service when you got so many people and there's so much happening. And the effort that it takes to do a, a $5,000 job and a $100,000 job, it's about the same, yep. you know, and a lot of business, sense, our business you know? too, right? Yeah. And so, and we were at the mercy of whatever the insurance companies would send to us. So we couldn't, the programs, the referral programs we were on, you couldn't say no. So someone says, Hey, we got a $2,000 job for you. Great. We have to take it and we have to be happy and, and make a happy customer. Sure. Right? That's the most important job that they have or the same thing if we get a, a larger job. And so I, again, part of the, the business decision that I came in is I didn't love that model. And so we decided to pivot and move away and out of that insurance work and out of residential and into commercial general contracting, as well as with an angle to be a minority business partner to other large general contractors who are looking to help meet their diverse goals for their own internal goals, or if their client end user developer or, you know, private client was pushing for that. And so that's really kind of the, the part of the market need that we're trying to help fill is this perception that there, you know, people want to help support diverse businesses and are oftentimes coming up woefully short. And I want to help support and solve that problem. And again, what the underlying goal for me is trying to get employing people. I love that. And some of the big contractors that you're working with are? Krauss Anderson, Mortensen, Knutson. We've just, uh, are, are some of the main ones that we've developed relationships with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going into this, I, probably maybe foolishly thought this would be easier. It seemed to be a problem that I would hear about, read about kind of everywhere, especially post murder of George Floyd, uh, you know, all of this outcry and, and commitments to support minority businesses. And I thought, well, this is great. This is perfect. You know, not that his death was a great thing, but that this is an opportunity to really help a win-win for everybody. You know, right. you can get people working, you can help meet these goals. It's the right time. And it's been tough, you know, it's been tough. And, and, and not, it's not a, I don't say that to blame anybody for it. Cause I think there's so much well-intentioned folks out there who it, it's just kind of a head scratcher. How do we, how do we do this? How do we work right. with small business? How do we work with minority businesses, particularly for these billion dollar companies who are just used to working with huge other huge contractors? It takes a lot more work and effort on everybody's end to help do that. And, 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 in conversations I have with lots of other minority contractors, I think a lot of them just kind of give up and write it off of this is, it's too much, it's too difficult. And they end up just kind of working with maybe pursuing more government work where they feel like it's a more attractive spot because it is, can be really tough. Well, I mean, you're, you're building a, another business, right? I mean, it's just, it's hard to build a business, no matter what no matter your what angle is, is or yes. what your business model yes. is or whatever. And it, it just takes time, right? And you've built some great relationships and, you know, that just still, you know, continue to pay off for you. How are you finding your employees? I know that I've seen that you've done some, you've had some interactions with some at OIC and they're a training pro, they do a jobs training for in the construction industry, right? Yeah, that's right. So Summit Academy is a workforce training organization in North Minneapolis. And uh, Summit started off doing construction only. So that's kind of what their bread and butter has been historically. Over the last couple of years, they've branched out into some other areas, including IT and medical coding. But, you know, as it relates to us, the construction industry is, is really, obviously, that's that our need. 
And uh, Summit provides 20 weeks of education to folks at no cost to the student. So anyone, you don't have to be poor, you don't have to be a minority, you don't have to be anything except someone who's looking for to, to make a change in their career. You go up over to Summit and you knock on the door and say, hey, I'd like to roll in here. And they have a couple tracks in the construction side. One is carpentry, other one is electrical. And so what, what the demographic tends to be at Summit is people who are in their mid to late 20s, underemployed, unemployed, looking for a change, maybe have had some some struggles in their life. And also a, a lot of women and people of color who are looking to get into construction trades. And and that's a population that I'm interested in trying to serve. Sure. The motto at Summit is the best social service program in the world is a job. I love and that, that. And that is just so in line, again, with my personal experience from my, my previous job, from what I saw, and just what I believe. You know, I think people want to work. People want to be productive. They want to feel good. And and that's just better for all of us. And so okay. so we participated in Summit. Um, even before I became the owner, I, I reached out and sat down with, with then the, the CEO, Lewis King, who was the longtime CEO at Summit Academy, and just broke bread with him at, at, at his conference room table. And, and we talked and had a great conversation. And I just can't say enough about the work that that he's done, and now Leroy West, who's the current CEO, are, are doing over there, continue to do that very meaningful work. And so that's the talent pipeline that I look to for the future for, for my workforce is getting those people engaged, getting them working. And on the other side, there's really been an aging of the the workforce, the labor force, and the construction trades. So much. We need we need more people in the trades. It's really right. It's really a challenge. Right. And so I think for years it had been you know, everybody's got to go to college and college, college, college. And I've, I would say probably I've was maybe part of that problem in my viewpoint also for years. And when my kids were young, I remember telling them, you can be whatever you want, as long as you can be, a, as long as you're a doctor. <laughs> I know? love it. Yeah. And, uh, and that was not the right parenting since changed my thinking on that to try to be a little much more hands off. Right. Right. Uh, thought, thought I was doing them, you know, a favor by this is what will make you happy and making money and doing that where I, I think there's, again, we need plumbers, we need electricians, we need people that work on cars. We need all of these different services. And so I, I think value, being involved in construction has given me a newfound value for really um, what the trades have to offer. Yeah. I mean, there is something really rewarding about being able to do a job like that and like see your work, you know, unlike what we do in commercial real estate. You know, I used to say, Commercial real estate brokers love to mow their own lawns because you can start and finish and see that you accomplish something. And a lot of what we do is we're pushing paper and things back and forth, and it's hard to kind of see that finished product. But there's something really rewarding about building something. I think that's really, you know, it needs to be more valued, I think, in our society a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not built to go build my own house or, you know, we, we need those people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where, what's good business for you? What kind of business are you looking to to do? What's a good size project? What kinds of things are you working on now? One project that I, that I always like to name drop is the, the first independence bank, which is the first black owned bank in Minnesota. Oh yeah. And so they were uh, requested to come here post murder of George Floyd by the, the Huntington's and the Wells Fargo's and the U.S. bank to try to do it from the banking perspective, what they thought could be create some change here in Minnesota, traded to, you know, to kind of helping to right some of the, the racial injustice. And so being selected to be the general contractor on that project was, was terrific. 
and meaningful for us as a, as a black owned firm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and that wasn't a, it wasn't a huge job, but just a meaningful pro project. And so that's one that we highlight on our website. And one that I always like to talk about, I would say what's a good job for us is ones that we can look to really get more carpenters working on projects. And so what I'm actively doing is trying to grow our self-perform side, which is would be not just where we're managing a portion of a project as the general contractor, but actually having our work staff work, you know, and do rough and finish carpentry on the project. And so that's one where the more products and opportunities we see for that, the more folks I can hire from Summit, the more change that I can kind of help create on the backside in those communities. And so that's where we're really trying to look to grow. And that's where those partnerships with the, the other general contractors really come into play also. So um, that's uh, that's uh, the direction that I'm looking for. That's really the, the target market for us. Got it. So you've got carpenters on staff? We do. What Do you have other trades on staff? Nope. So we have carpenters and superintendents who are on sure. union carpenters, but Things like trades like plumbing, electrical, you know, we sub those things out sure. and have project managers who will manage projects of various size. And again, we'll, we'll do, you know, a, a build out or a remodel project for, you know, 50,000 and then look to do some other projects that are a couple million dollars. Again, kind of remodels or some ground up stuff as well. A ton of improvement kind of work. Mm -hmm. All in office, industrial, retail, do you touch yep. all different property yep. types? Yep. Multifamily as well. Yeah. So what is your dream for this company? I mean, where do you see it five years from now? You know, it's, uh, I, I find myself vacillating between dreaming big and dreaming big looks like, you know, a company that I can build for my three kids that they could come in if they choose to at some type and to, to put their well, stamp. They're not it. being doctors in that case, right? No, they're not they're being doctors. In fact, my, my <laughs> oldest son is uh, just finished his sophomore year at Arizona State and he's studying construction management. Oh, fantastic. Uh, my daughter is going to University of Arizona next year and she wants to get involved in commercial real estate. And oh, so maybe okay. I'll be hitting you up for an internship for her one of these days. Anytime. I'd love that. Yeah, that's great. And then my daughter. They, they have a great real estate school at U of A. Yeah. So, yeah. Go Wildcats. And then my youngest son has even talked about, you know, when can I come work for you and, you know, get in the field and, and do some work there. So I, uh, you know, what, what does it look like? I tend to look like less of that in dollars of, of volume and, and more, what does that impact look like and what change can we have? And, you know, and mostly I, I want to do something that, that I feel good about and that my, that my kids can be proud about too, of, you know, this is my dad and this is how he shows up now and, and look what, Look what he's doing. And and I used to value mostly that in dollar signs. Sure. And now I, I think it is value. How does that feel? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really powerful. That's really cool. And um, so other than all this this work stuff, what other kinds of things interest you and in, in, you know, in the real estate realm or, or otherwise? Like what are what are your what are your things that what's making you tick these days? Uh, well, I've been playing a little bit of playing quite a bit of golf the last couple of weeks. I and and all of it has been work related. So I haven't played my own golf ball. I've been in these scramble events. I played in the Juneteenth event earlier this week, and and played in some other industry events, including the Association of Women Contractors and some other events. And that's just more than anything been a great opportunity to kind of continue to engage with people, talk about the message and the mission of Jay Benson, and really learn about other people's lives as as well. I I met an individual this week who came to the U.S. and to uh, University of Minnesota by way of South Africa for college when he was 15 years old. 
And we spent five hours in a golf cart together just learning about him and asking questions and his family and, and background. And that's just, I love just learning more about people. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. And some of those scrambles are really long. You spend a lot of time on that. That's, that's really good. Yeah. And what, what other areas are you, are you exploring as far as like looking for other business? Like, is there anything we can connect you with? Or is there, who, who should we be reaching out to, to connect with Jay Benson? You know, I, I would say, um, for one, I've, I've talked to, to Laura. She's been terrific and looking for some opportunities for us to work on together getting to know you has been terrific. And I would say that really the people I'm looking to, to do business with, it's less of industry segment, you know, so I'm not, it doesn't have to be healthcare. It doesn't have to be education. It doesn't have to be some of those other areas, but more of who are those like-minded individuals who I would say are more mission-based and who, who care. And, and, and obviously people want their building built and they want it to look good. And I, I think there's so many contractors out there. Almost all of them can do a really good job building it and they can do it for maybe around the same dollar amount. And so, you know, I'm not looking to have a race to the bottom on price. I think we're, I think we can do great work at a competitive price, but really this is relationship based for me. And who can we build those long-term relationships with that people want to get behind and support what we're trying to do and be that change of, of change together. Yeah. You know, cause for me, if, if I, even if I've got these goals and vision, what I want to do, I can't do it by myself. Right. You know, I can't just go build a bunch of stuff because I want to. Right. I need owners or clients that want to have stuff built. Right. And so I, I need those alliances and team members. And so very much appreciate any folks who you think are in your network who might similarly mind that who want to be a part of something like that. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, you know, trying to decide what you want to do kind of in your future. And, and I've had those thoughts too. And, you know, it is really, um, you know, it's really a challenge, but also a huge gift to own a business. And it gives you a platform to realize some change. And I think when you come to work every day with that mindset, that's, I mean, that like-minded people, I mean, that's really, really inspiring that it's not just for you. It's just a job or a career. It's really, how can we take this position that we've created and, and make the world a little better place? That's, I hope so. I hope so. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying. And, and like I said, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to know you and some of the members of, of your team. And uh, there's, I think there's a lot of, a lot of really just terrific people out there. Yes. And so it's, I love the real estate space, the construction space, and it's it's been a, a really welcoming environment, I guess. And one of the area kind of post ULI now is development, and that's an area, another area that I'm looking to just kind of think about. What does that look like? Who are those other maybe existing developers that we can get connected to to learn from, to grow, and uh, again, in an effort to control our destiny a little bit more as a developer, and then to build something long lasting. For generations to come hopefully well i look forward to doing more business with you in the future this has been a treat thank you very much yeah this has been wonderful this this is the highlight of my day so uh thanks so much thank you for listening to this episode of people places and how we use spaces i am business owner broker commercial real estate investor and your host lisa christensen if you like this episode please subscribe share and leave a review to connect with me or the guests on today's show, shoot me an email at lisa at christiansonandco.com. That's lisa at christiansen, the word and, co.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.